This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Yay! Welcome back to the WOMED, everybody. Jack, I'm excited. I love doing these episodes where it's just me and you. I know. And it's funny because we haven't recorded together in so long and we need to catch up for pretty much three hours before we actually even get into the episode. So now I I think we're ready. We're ready to actually get into the episode. There's still stuff I feel like I want to catch up with you on that's not necessarily podcast appropriate. I know. Or maybe it is, but I'm just not ready to share it on the podcast yet. Oh, oh, okay. Now I'm interested. (laughs) Can we share? Can I get a hint? (laughs) Oh, I'm just like gradually tipping my toes, tipping, dipping my toes back into like the dating waters, right? Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to date. I really don't. And this guy, he just like, I'd really like to change to like actually date him. But it's it's a situation that I've been in countless times as the other person, the mm. one that like wants to be serious with someone. And they are like, oh, I mean, like it's casual, it's fun, but like there might be something else better on the horizon. And mm. I don't want to be that to someone else. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think so, let's, let's like, let's focus on the wins. You're getting yeah. back out there. I'm getting back out there. I am connecting with other men yeah. and I'm not scared about it. Perfect. That's great. Like, I feel, I feel really, I, I just feel good. Like I'm having fun Perfect. and that's what's most important right now. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody in the process. Good. And let's yeah. leave it at that. I'm proud yeah. of you. I also wanted to bring some attention really quick. Some of you all that follow me may have seen my post about my friend and coworker, Erica Leffler. She was diagnosed last year with triple negative breast cancer, and it has since progressed, spread, and evolved into stage four metastatic cancer with new tumors that have been found on her brain and base of her spinal cord. So... Obviously, we know that's a really very grim prognosis. Erica is incredible. She's 34. She is just pure light and kindness and literally takes care of everyone. So we, her coworkers and friends, have taken it upon ourselves to uh, start a GoFundMe, raise some money for her for treatment, and... Uh, to take her on like a dream vacation. Like she's never traveled. Like this girl's just always wanted to go to uh, New York City. And I'm just trying to use my connections and anything I can just to try and deliver on this amazing vacation. I hope her not feel so anxious about medical bills, what's going to be left behind, you know, for her loved ones in that aspect. So started a GoFundMe. It is on my Instagram. If you can donate anything, like literally anything helps. If you can send us like $5, that would be incredible. There's just literally no human in the world more deserving. And I just love Erica so much. So, so yeah, please, if you, if you feel comfortable donating, that would be incredible. Or even just sharing that post. And if you have any other resources for clinical trials or other treatment modalities, specialists and stuff that uh, we could maybe get uh, Erica to or, or like a uh, reference to. So that would be amazing. Oh, I'm so that warms. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. And it's just, it, it really is heartbreaking. I know breast cancer is something that has, I think, I, I can't think of one person that has not been affected by breast cancer, either with a family member or a friend. So we will absolutely link everything in the show notes and then put some more resources on our Instagram to be able to donate to the GoFundMe. And yes, we'll just continue our, our, our prayers and sending all of our energy, our positive energy and light to Erica. Thanks, Jack. I love you. So this week, Jack and I have kind of been sitting on, we, we did an episode for nursing students. And with that, obviously we had planned that we wanted to do a special episode for all the new grad nurses and the world has changed so much. We are hopefully entering, like, it's so scared to say, but like, we are hopefully entering endemic status. Mask mandates are being lifted. 
people aren't finding new variants just yet. Knock on any wood around you, please. I know. Oh my God. I don't even like to say it out loud. I know. It's scary. I know. I don't even want to say post-pandemic world, but we're for this, for the the purpose of this episode, this will probably come out in two weeks, which we know is like a lifetime in a pandemic. Things can change right. literally overnight. So just know as we record this, things can change. But I think that this comes, this episode comes at a really perfect time for our new grads because we have our December new grads that have probably, you know, obviously already graduated. They are hopefully maybe like looking for their for first job or they're starting mm-hmm. their first job. And then of course we have our other cohort of our lots of lots of new grads that are going to be graduating this coming May. And so they are gearing up right now. You are probably worried about the NCLEX. You are wondering, when do I apply for jobs? How do I apply for jobs? What types of jobs should I be applying for? You're going to have this moment after passing the NCLEX of, oh shit, I just passed the NCLEX. Now what the fuck do I do? Well, yes, we are here for you. we are here to answer your questions (laughs) why are you laughing danielle i'm laughing because i'm a my cat is like on it i don't know what she's on right now she's she's got food she's fine so if you hear her this episode just enjoy it she's the sweetest little angel but i'm just you said that like oh shit i passed the NCLEX. now what and i remember the exact spot time place i was when I refreshed that screen and it said, you have passed. Yeah. yeah. And me too. Honestly, it was quite cinematic. Like I was at work, I was in the NICU. I was orienting for the night. I think it was around 9.45, 10-ish. And it was 4th of July because I was I was there, I was Oof. working. And I, the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin windows were like, you know, you could – we're, we were high up. You could see everything. And I refreshed it. It said I passed. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, I was that loud and that enthusiastic. And everyone was like, wait, what? What's happening? Are you okay? Do you need anything? And I'm like, I passed the NCLEX. And I looked to my left out the window, and there were fireworks. And I like to think that they were just for me, even though I know it was oh the 4th of July. But obviously – Everything happened so simultaneously and cinematically that I was like, it's me. Oh, my God. Well, I don't think anyone's going to be able to compare to that story. I'm pretty sure I was like in my living room, like sitting on the couch, like drinking wine and just like refreshed it. And I was like, I was very happy too. I wasn't even like, I think for me after, like it was more relief. You feel that? It's more relief. You're like, oh, thank thank God. I can keep my job. I'm not going to get fired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's like a, that's like a whole thing where some people will accept jobs before they pass the NCLEX and you can start working. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're taking it without passing the NCLEX. Yeah. That, that always really makes me nervous, but I say, you know, that maybe that's our first, first piece of advice is I I think that if if you, if you please do take a job, if you get offered one, and you want it, take it before passing the NCLEX because you got this. You'll get the NCLEX. And by yeah. the way, this is not going to be an episode about how to pass the NCLEX. Um, it's been too many years. Too many years, too many changes. Sorry. Maybe we'll do some research and make another episode for that. But um, let's kind of get started, Danielle. Let's kind of just jump into this. Um, we want to give some really just like straightforward and helpful advice for our new grads. So let's let's talk about first getting a job. I think one of the biggest questions I ask is when should I start looking for this said job? Should I start looking for a job while I'm still in school? Yes. Should I pass the NCLEX? So what do you say? I say yes. Um, And again, this is just from my personal experience. I was applying. I knew I wanted to do NICU. That's where I felt safest. That's where I felt most comfortable. I had my internship. And, you know, as a new grad, you're like, oh, God, like you have mild panic attacks. And Nikki was the only place that I felt at peace and like like it was something I was really good at. Um, Not that I wasn't good in different areas. It's just where I felt like I had the most confidence and, you know, you (laughs) just anything to kind of like downplay that anxiety is what I needed. Mm -hmm. And I I knew I was going to be moving back home. 
So I started looking for jobs, you know, like around my parents' house and or like, you know, that that part of town. So I was like Children's Hospital, Wisconsin. It was like St. Luke's. It was the Aurora Healthcare Services, you know, and I was applying to any NICU job, any PEDS job that I saw come up. I didn't even consider med surge. I was like, Mm-mm, no, I'm just, I'm going guns blazing. I'm going for this. So I think I was applying and interviewing, graduated in May. I was, I think I, I had a, like a bunch of interviews over spring break lined up. Wow. Yeah. You're making me, you're stressing me out because I was honestly on the other, other end of that. Really? No. I mean, like I was graduating and I had my job offer at Children's Hospital of Scottsdale in the NICU. Wow. I I think that's really important for people to hear though, is that you can do it that way. Is that if, if you want to start working, you know, you want to start working right away. You have your eyes set on a certain specialty. You want to get in. Then I totally agree with you. Like you can start applying very early and start mm-hmm. um like now like i would say what it's like mid-march if you want to start yeah. applying now you're about to start graduate looking for jobs start applying now start looking mm-hmm. i do just want to share my experience with that because Please i think do. um if anyone listens to what Jen- danielle just said and they're like really stressed out it's freaking them out i think <laughs> Danielle, this you're is such why a Libra. We're, you're such a Libra. So like you're such a Libra. You're like have it all planned out. Like <laughs> okay. Um, so no. only very few things in my life are planned out. I'm very chaotic. So I think that um, this really depends on what exactly you want out of this part of your life. You're about to graduate nursing school, which which does offer a unique situation to have a few months off if you want to take them to Mm -hmm. travel or to get experience doing something else. Or maybe you already have a job and you're like, I just want to continue with my whatever job I'm doing and save a little bit of extra money and take my time finding a job and take my time applying. This really depends on what your values are as a person. And if you want to just jump in and get started right away and start working. I know a lot of people, that's probably the case. They want to just jump in. They want to get that job. They want to be, you know, have that stability of a paycheck right away. If for whatever reason you have a different situation right now, and you're not really in a rush to start right now, then I would say like, take your time. There's always going to be hospitals apply, you know, looking for new grads. It will be a little bit more competitive probably if you wait because hospitals know that a massive surge of new grads are coming in like that April, May, June timeline. So if you wait, you know, until after the summer, it might look a little bit different. But I think like if you want to take a few months off and wait, then there's no harm in doing that and to just not get caught up in comparing yourself to all of your friends and other new grads that are getting those jobs and starting right away. Trust your own path. If you want to take some time off, take some time off. I like went to Vietnam for like like three weeks after I graduated because I was like, fuck this, I'm out. And then I waited until like three months until I started applying. So I love how we were we're on totally on different ends of the spectrum. I love this too, because there is no one right path. Yeah, exactly. You know, society tells us that you have to go to school, go to work, get married, and that's just not the path for everybody, you know, totally. and especially, especially women. And I think that's really cool to – obviously, I had my – that's where I was at that point in my life. I was like, nope, I need to I, – I knew I wanted NICU, had to go do it, but we don't give ourselves enough yeah. of a break either. Mm-hmm. So looking back on it, I would actually probably – just for who I grew into, mm-hmm. I would be like, mm-hmm. nah, girl, take that time. Go to mm-hmm. France. Make out with a yeah. hot boy. <laughs> yeah. Save up some money and just get out. And then you'll have that job waiting for you when you come back. Nursing will yeah. always be there for you. But you know what, Dee? I love what you said about that you knew you wanted to work in the NICU and you were not going to mm-hmm. go into med surge because this jumps into our next question about people always asking like me can I work on a specialty unit right mm-hmm. out of school? Do I need to start on med surge? And no, so, yeah, <laughs> no. And oh, no. Med surge nurses are amazing. They are a very critical, pivotal part of like the adult healthcare system. Mm-hmm. 
That being said, I worked that through college as a tech. And quite honestly, there were days that I got home and I was like, if my body feels like this now, I'm screwed in this field. So I I mean, that was like my wrist hurt, my back hurts. I was 20 years old and like <laughs> in big <laughs> Ah, maybe I didn't know how to lift correctly, but you know, still, uh, it just, it was not a field that spoke to me as something I would last in long-term. I loved my patients. I loved, Mm -hmm. you know, getting some extra time, giving them a nice little like back rub and like making them feel comfortable. I love that shit. I'm all over that. Adult messes? Mm, Not my thing. (laughs) It's enough. Cleaning like a big old mess from like a baby poop explosion that you know shoots yeah. across the isolate. Adults, no, I can't. Yeah, uh, I got so off topic there, but yes, you do not have to just apply into med surge. If there is something, if there's a field that you are passionate about that makes you excited, you want to be excited to go into work every day. You want to be excited to see your coworkers every day. That's not going to happen all the time, obviously, but you want to have something, a career, a unit that you want to spend time in because you're going to be spending a shit ton of time there. Exactly. And right now, new grads, you are in such a unique situation in this post-pandemic world that you can leverage this. There's openings in every unit right now. I am seeing Mm -hmm. my new grad students get jobs in the ER, in the NICU, in the PICU, in L&D, in units that it typically was really, really difficult for us to get jobs in. Um, Sometimes you'd have to wait. Sometimes you weren't able to get those jobs at all. So take advantage of this healthcare crisis and wait out. I would say wait out for the job that you want, wait out for the unit that you want. But Mm -hmm. this is definitely not to shit on med surge nurses, just asterisks. I started as a med med surge nurse. I worked in med surge for the first three years. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do because I knew it would give me a lot of experience and see a lot of different cases that would help me as a FMP into going into FMP school a few years later. So I loved my experience working in med surge. I think it's a really great place to learn and a really great, great place. If you're not sure what you want to get into, Mm -hmm. Um, then there's no harm in starting in med surge, but bottom line, you can work in a specialty unit. Absolutely. And it's funny because someone asked me recently, why is this misconception here? Why does every new grad think that we have to start in med surge? And I'm curious to hear your opinion. My opinion is that it's because that is how it used to be. And there's this, this, like, I don't want to say it's like this anger, but there's almost this idea that the older nurses that did that are like, no, I suffered through med surge. So now you have to suffer through med surge. Like I had to spend five years in med surge before I got to the NICU. So now you have to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, I mean, it's, it's like cutting your teeth, right? Yeah. You, you have to put your time in. Yeah. I think was the the old standard. and. I love that that dynamic has has shifted. I'm hopeful that mentality is not that I'm hopeful that a bunch of that generation are retiring because it's just leading to a, a further staffing crisis. But I really feel like that sort of boomer generation, like the later generation that is now reached the point for uh, for retirement, I really am hopeful that that mentality is going to leave. With that, because we shouldn't, we should love to work. I mean, we shouldn't love to work, but like we should, you know, that mentality of working to live isn't, Mm -hmm. isn't healthy for anyone. It's not sustainable. That's why so many people are just unhappy in this world, in my opinion. Yeah. You should, you should love what you do. Yeah. So, you know what? Go on with your bad specialty unit self what I say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do what makes you happy. Now that you found your dream specialty that you are dead set on, what, how, what are some things that we need to start looking for when we're looking for a job? So there's a lot of different things that you should be looking for 
when you're mm-hmm. looking for a job. Okay. Pay you is the hot, like what's the pay is the hospital unionized? What's the turnover rate? There's so many different things. Danielle, what do you think are some of the top things that new grads need to be looking for in a job? Pay and benefits. Those are like my, my top ones. Ask what your like typical staffing ratios are. Something I think is very important to do and is more than okay to ask for before you accept a job is to shadow a nurse on that unit for a couple hours. Yeah. Get a feel for the unit. Are the people nice? Like what are assignments like? What are ratios like? Is it really chaotic or do you do you feel like it's a good learning environment? Yeah. I think shadowing is extremely important. And also, this might be getting off topic, but taking the initiative to ask to shadow on a unit and sending thank you cards will definitely increase your chances of getting hired on that unit because it shows initiative. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. Offer to see if you can shadow. That's the Mm -hmm. best way to see what's going on on that unit. Yeah. hundred percent. Someone actually asked, how do I know what a good paying job is? Uh, it's not in Nashville, Tennessee. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> not you know, honestly, though, that is a great question. It's a that really, a really good, question. good question. Because I, I feel like we don't really actually talk about numbers ever. People are scared mm-hmm. to actually say numbers. And first thing we'll say about this is that this is absolutely dependent on the state that you work in. Yeah. So let's cost start there. of living. Yeah. First, living what in the state, state do you work in? Because if you're a nurse in California, it's going to be a way different story than if you're a nurse in North in North Carolina or a nurse in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Texas, great paying state mm-hmm. for, for nurses. Tennessee. I didn't know that. Yeah. Texas, you oh, can make some good, okay, good money. Texas. All right. Mm-hmm. So if you're not sure where to start, I would say like go online, start looking at the average salary, average um, hourly pay for nurses in your state. And then it's hard because a lot of hospitals won't release this. Like you can't find this answer like on their website. So mm-hmm. you might have to just start asking around, asking nurses um, and asking like during interviews. That's why you're there to interview. Start asking around and finding those hourly rates and figuring out what hospitals pay more than others. Right. And it's a very fair, valid thing to ask during an interview mm-hmm. is, yeah, are your rates comparable to other hospitals in the area? Yeah. I'm like a big supporter of nursing is a freaking hard ass job. So you better be going to a hospital that pays well. Mm -hmm. I know in Illinois, we have like this interesting dynamic where we have hospitals like Children's Lurie's and Northwestern, which have these like really impressive, beautiful hospitals. And everyone wants to work there because they want to work at Northwestern, but the pay is absolute shit. Mm-hmm. But then you can go to other hospitals like University of Illinois, Chicago, UFC, and they're unionized and they pay, they're the best paying hospitals in the, in the state, but yeah. more people don't want to work there. I'm like, nursing is hard as hell. Like who gives a shit about the name of the hospital you're working in? Like go make your damn money. Right. Well, I think a lot of people want to work at these hospitals for the name, right? Because then it's on your resume. That's mm-hmm. that's how Vanderbilt got away with, you know, paying people so little is because A, their turnover rate was really high because people were going back to school or using that as like a stepping stone in their career. Yeah. But that's that's <laughs> that's why they get away with paying you so little is because mm-hmm. yeah, those are big fancy hospitals. They're beautiful, but they are one hundred percent not unionized. Now, if you can find the rare unicorn that is unionized and a beautifully curated hospital, take that job. <laughs> yeah, take that job. But I, I've I, never been yeah. lucky enough to work for a unionized hospital. Oh, girl, I have. And it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. I mean, you're going to find issues no matter where you work. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I anyway, we'll just throw that out there. I think that there are exceptions to this. You know, if you know, you feel really supported and there's a good residency program and there's other reasons why you want to work at a hospital that's lower paying, then mm-hmm. you know what? Like, I'm not going to fight you on it. Find yeah. what fit is best for you. It's it's hard. It is a hard process to find that that perfect job, that perfect unit. But I don't know. I'm like, make your money. Yeah. So another thing I do want to say 
like when you're looking for a new job, like not just paying salary, like obviously that's very important, but especially as a new grad, finding what am I? What am I doing? I like Italian now. <laughs> Sorry. You're, I'm rubbing off on you. I you wish people t- could see us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is what resources does that hospital offer you as a new grad? Do they have nurse residency programs? Do they have preceptorship programs? Those are key to getting as much experience as you can as a new grad, like getting comfortable in these environments, um, putting your actual skills to use, uh, all while getting like a lot of hospitals. This is I will say this for Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, Wisconsin was great at this as well. Um, they would have dedicated courses that you could take that were like mandated through the residency program Mm. on specific diseases that you would see most commonly. In the NICU, we would have courses mandated around, not mandated, but, you know, courses recommended recommended for like treatment of diaphragmatic hernias, neck, MEC aspiration, TET kids, different cardiac defects. And those classes were pivotal to understanding further disease process in neonates because we didn't we didn't have time to touch on any of that in your um L and D clinical. You don't get any time in specialized like NICU care. So finding a hospital system that has those residency programs and those um classes that you can take is of utmost importance in my opinion. Completely agree. I am a huge advocate for residency programs. Are they mm-hmm. absolutely necessary? No, but is it going to be a huge support system for you, not mm-hmm. only to get those educational resources, but to also be able to go through the experience of starting as a new nurse with other new grads? There, there is like no price to me to to, to then having that kind of support to be going yes. through this with other new grads. So. 10 out of 10 recommend residency programs if you yes. can find one. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. Wonderful. So I think that's really important. Yeah. And if you can't find a residency program, trying to find a unit where there are preceptors that are really excited to take on students and that it, or new grads and that it feels like a very supportive learning environment. Mm-hmm. So and- clutch. There are so many extra textbooks and like resources that are unit specific. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to spend some money, but having those extra books that like break down specific disease processes are so helpful. So like, don't be afraid to nerd out. Yeah. Look up, look up different resources, get yourself a little like NICU library, L and D library, neuro library of, of things that you will see in the unit. It's yeah. only going to help you because yeah. that just doesn't get covered in nursing school. Totally. Because they don't have time, you know? Yeah. We'll hop into that a little bit later about like more I know, I'm messing on up like your, your Google Doc flow, which is so gorgeous, by the way. You're getting off track. I'm reeling you back in. The last thing Thank I want to say about what to look for in a job, which actually I don't really know what to say about this, but how do you feel about contracts and signing bonuses? Because I think that's a huge thing right now hospitals are trying to get people to sign. Is that a yay or nay? I think it's so case dependent. Mm -hmm. You could look at it as, well, I wouldn't sign anything that's longer than two years, you know, but you can do anything for two years, right? I guess it depends on your need for whatever they're offering. You know, if they're offering you like Ten thousand dollars. I've never seen a ten thousand dollars sign on bonus. Like a two or like five thousand dollars sign on. I've been hearing about that. No, really? Nope. Ten's a thing now. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Post pandemic, ten is a thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be really difficult to say no to. But it really depends on what, like, what you're giving up in return for for staying there. So again, if it's a hospital that is offering some exorbitant amount of money. A, that should send off a little bit of an alarm bell that's like, why are they needing to spend so much money recruiting new nurses? They could just be finally trying to put some value back into um, their nursing staff. But again, shadow the unit, ask the nurses that you're around how they feel about working there. So 
It's a sign in bonuses case by case. It really Agreed. depends on what you need and like what your financial situation is. I agree. I would just say I would draw a hard line if it's mm-hmm. more and to anything more than two years. Like honestly, yeah. realistically, I I personally I don't know if I'd sign anything over one year. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any harm in signing anything of one year because no matter what, if you start a new nursing job, you're probably going to stick it out for a year regardless, just to kind right. of like get your, you're going to be in orientation for at least six right. months. So one year, fine. Two years, maybe anything more than two years. Absolutely not. Do not do that. Red flag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, orientation three to six months. I don't know. It, de- yeah. it depends. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So now that we are looking for our high paying jobs and our Mm -hmm. unionized jobs, good for you. Nurse residency programs, great job. Let's do some quick like resume interview tips. Let's just do like top tips here. Okay. Oh boy. I'm going to have you go first. (laughs) Okay. I'll give my two quick tips for one for resume, one for interview, one for resume. I learned this tip actually recently from my FNP resume that Canva I don't know if anyone's been on Canva. That's where we can make some fun, like social stuff and um, posters and things go on Canva. They have really cool templates for resumes. Yes. That will structure your resume in a more visually appealing way that will more likely to stand, like stand out when you are applying to these jobs. Now, So like Elle Woods spraying it with her perfume? Like, Basically the same thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. I totally forgot about that scene. <laughs> so funny. I think it gives us something extra. This <laughs> exactly. is where my brain's at, Jack. This no, is not <laughs> That was actually a really good connection though. That's funny. This is it's gonna give your resume that little extra something that people are gonna remember, especially because all resumes are PDFs now. They're all online. Mm-hmm. So you gotta remember you can't be spraying it with perfume these days. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be sending it over online. So so that is give such you, a valid point and yes, speaks to how old I am. It's fine. We're both old. So that's my resume tip. My interview tip, my biggest interview tip would be to prepare. And I know that sounds sounds silly, but and I do think that confidence is key. But in order to get confidence going to that interview, you gotta prepare. Think about what questions they're gonna ask. Write down your answers. Figure out, you know what questions when they ask you what questions do you have you don't want to just look at them blankly and say and like be like uh I don't know prepare for the interview guys prepare you work Mm -hmm. so hard to get to where you are so take a few hours the night before the week before come up with some general answers that you're going to put out there on why you're passionate about that that job why you want to work on this unit why you want to do this specialty where you see your career going have answers to those general questions and come up with questions yourself because they're Mm going to ask you I promise you they're going to ask you do you have any questions? And if you don't, you're going to look dumb. So come right. up with some questions. Bring a notebook. And one of the things that people always ask, like, what assets are you going to bring to this unit? Always have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. How do you handle conflict resolution? Like, what was a, how did you handle, like, maybe like a disgruntled coworker or um, patient, you know, And yes, you can have these things in nursing school. You can have these things from other jobs that you've worked. And if you haven't ever worked, how have you handled it in like your family life, you know, or something like that? But have examples. And there's no shame in having like a list of questions to ask. Because like you said, Jack, they're going to ask you. And I've been that person in an interview before that's like, oh, yeah, no, I think you answered everything. When I'm like kicking myself and you get to the car and you're like, oh, I should have asked this, 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 and this. No one's going to fault you for having a like notebook or like a note card or something that has questions that you have that you want answered. Totally. It's going to show that you care. It's going to show that you're prepared and that you're professional. Okay. All right, party people. Congratulations. You finally got that job. You were offered a job. You accepted that job. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you could have ex- you could have accepted it while you were shopping for your graduation dress, like me, or <laughs> three months later, or you like it Jack. Three months later, after traveling the world and doing maybe some illegal things. Um, okay, so what is? <laughs> to okay, be fair, then. I'm not that big of a stick in the mud. I took like a good two months off before I started travel nursing and I went wild in Europe. I believe that. I believe I'm that. I'm fun, people. <laughs> I'm fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back on track. <laughs> Back on track. Okay, Danielle, what do you think is the biggest misconception about like now that we have that job and you're working as a new grad, what's a what's a big misconception that you think new grads have? You don't need to know everything. There is so much. And if you do feel like you know everything, oof, check yourself. Because there is so much that is unit specific that you are going to learn on the job. I personally feel like I learned more about like blood gases, disease process, and like how to be a nurse once I got on the unit. I mean, obviously school and having that like base knowledge covering all of the different specialties is very important. But I feel like I learned how to be a nurse on the unit. Completely. I think that's actually the biggest thing when people ask, what's the biggest difference between nursing school and being a new grad? It's that it's that you are actually learning these things in real time because Mm -hmm. you are taking care of real patients that are de- like their care is dependent on you understanding such things as yeah. blood gases and lab values and medication. So I agree. I think my biggest misconception is very, very similar, but it's that when you're starting, you're not on your own. I think when right. people are about to graduate, they get all nervous. Like, how am I going to take care of patients on my own? Honey, you're going to have a preceptor and be on orientation for at least three, like at least three months. And if you aren't, like that's circling back. That is another thing. That is a question that you should be asking during the interview process. How much orientation do I have? What is your orientation process like? Yeah. And right now, using your this post-pandemic world is leverage of if you want more time on a, on orientation, you are allowed to ask for those things. Mm -hmm. If you, if you are in orientation for three months and, and what we mean by orientation is that you are lit, like, let me spell this out for you. You are literally going to be with a preceptor one-on-one every single day for at least three months. Mm -hmm. And the, I don't know how yours, your orientation ran, but for me, it was like, you stick with that preceptor. They have four patients and they'll give you one in the beginning. And that will be your one patient for Or you'll just be shadowing them. Yeah. Or just, yeah, you'll be shadowing. Shadowing for the first few weeks. Then you'll take on one of their patients. Then you'll take on two. Then you'll mm-hmm. take on three. Then eventually you'll take on. And I mean, like however many your ratio is normally. And, but like, you're never alone. Like you're literally with that preceptor all day going through exactly everything that you're going to do to take care of that patient. So you're literally, you literally are not alone for Mm -mm. at least three to four months. Right. No, that's, that's what my experience has been as well. And I'll just, I'll say even as a preceptor in the NICU, um, because I've oriented a few new grads in my time, if they're brand new, you're going to, you're going to watch me. Like I'll, I'll have you maybe like take a temp, change a diaper, you know, but until because those are things that are are scary, are scary as a new grad on like a tiny little thing. Obviously, your preceptors should be you might have a few. You might have a few preceptors. You might not be with just one. It just kind of depends on mm-hmm. how your unit is. Yeah, I think I had two. I had like two slash three. I had two to three. Yeah. yeah. So that preceptor will should be talking to charge or who's ever making the assignments for the day so that you are getting you aren't starting off with the most critical sick sickest of sick patients right no if they're throwing you into the wolves like that i'm very sorry sometimes that happens it happened a ton during the pandemic right now hopefully your preceptor should be working on finding you manageable assignments to to learn like 
the process is you need to learn. You need to learn to get comfortable. And then you gradually start taking sicker and sicker. And then, you know, you can bounce back and forth. There might be some cool new diagnosis or something like that that, you know, you'll have first dibs on the crazier assignments as a um, as a new grad with a preceptor because you need to learn. You need to learn and, and, and know what it's like. So, yeah, I will say it's 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 not going to it shouldn't be balls to the walls right away. No. And if anything, I think most new hospitals, like most hospitals, when you when they bring on a new grad, you will literally have like a huge ass binder where they will check things off mm-hmm. and you'll have to check a, like everything off of this checklist before you're even allowed to see patients on your own. Right. So like starting an IV um, depending on the unit, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. like do, working event, doing trade care, a G tube, like you have to check off all of these different vents, things. Oscillators, so, drips. Relax. Like, yeah, you, no one expects you to know what to do on your first day of work. Just right. FYI, right? Okay, so let's jump in to just like as we're wrapping this episode up. I just want to um, touch on like some rapid fire tips. So let's just give out let's let's brainstorm some rapid fire tips that we want to give our new grads. Be nice, be humble, ask questions, like ask any question. They're little, I mean, I will say there are some, some dumb questions, but as long as like you're asking me things before doing, if you're, if there's something that you literally don't know you're unsure of, ask it. Mm-hmm. Jack, I know you like, I mean, obviously take the initiative, look something up, but if you aren't yeah. getting, if you still aren't understanding it, like ask. Yeah. Yeah. My rule of thumb with asking questions is look it up. And if you still don't know, then, or you're just like on the fence, then ask. Mm-hmm. And you, then you can even lead with, Hey, you know, I looked up this med, um, but I'm not sure why I'm giving it to this patient. Yeah. Perfect. Shows initiative shows that you're paying attention, mm-hmm. shows that you care. And exactly. Yeah. Off- that's it. Offer to help. Like, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I keep talking about Nikki stuff. Like, just just offer to help. Like, can I go grab you this? Can I go warm up your feed? Can I change this diaper? Can I do, like, your initial set of vitals real quick, you know, for you? Like, offer. Like, any hands-on experience is going to be crucial in making you feel more comfortable on the unit. Mm-hmm. Can I prime mm-hmm. those fluids? Can you show me how to set up this transducer? Can you, mm-hmm. like, you know, just be a go- be a gopher even if something mm-hmm. – if someone's crashing or something's going down, like on that unit, go see what's going on. Watch the flow. Offer to grab things. Mm-hmm. You know, you can mm-hmm. do that. You can run to a supply room. You can run. You can run and grab things for. You can grab supplies. Like those are. I think that's. That's. I mean, I think it's good advice. <laughs> I think it's great advice too, and that leads me to one of my favorite pieces of advice, which is on top of asking for or offering to help. Offer to help your techs. Mm-hmm. Make make your techs your BFFs yes. because one day you're going to be short on techs and you're going to have to do all of the damn work that they do, which mm-hmm. is just, it far surpasses my brain of how techs can handle all the yeah. work that they do. But make friends with your techs. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you guys are on the same page and offer to help them. Offer to help them. You want them on your team, right? right. And and they want to be on your team. So start those relationships early and show that you're proactive and that you're, you want to help. I would say the same thing goes with, um, your residents and attendings as well. If there's something that you have a question on treatment wise, ask the doc, be like, Hey, I'm just trying to learn here. What is your reasoning for taking this route of action? What is your reasoning for Mm -hmm. ordering cryo for this patient what is your reasoning for changing these vent settings to this you know same thing with our t's our t's are so great so so great i love our rts they literally nick you couldn't function without them but asking them questions they are such a wealth of knowledge if you're trying to still understand you know your vent settings and stuff like that or like bagging settings especially in neonates just ask. Like, yeah. I don't want to be like humble yourself. I mean, even if it's something you know, and I don't ask them questions you already know the answer to, but 
be open to that friendly dialogue and discussion and learning environment. Because a lot of times I've had residents and attendings and doctors like we are a team. We are bouncing ideas back and forth off each other for patient care. You know, so it's really important to foster good relationships with everyone on the team. Completely agree. Um, and that's really good advice. Absolutely. And something to not just as a new grad, but just continuing on as your nursing career progresses for mm-hmm. sure. I think another piece of advice I have is that knowing that mistakes are going to happen. Okay. You're not going to be perfect. I, when I was a new grad, I had a patient fall on me. I had a med error. I think every new grad experiences these things, unfortunately. And hopefully you can just learn from this mistake, Mm -hmm. make sure it doesn't happen again, but try to just like give yourself a little bit of kindness and try to brush it off because just, yeah, just know that you're going to have bad shifts. Mm -hmm. You're going to have shifts where you feel like you don't know a fucking thing. You're going to have shifts where you, you know, I remember one time I, I like forgot to check a patient's blood sugar. Like I forgot to do a Q, you know, their Q6 blood sugars. I forgot to check a blood sugar and sure enough, 12 hours later, their sugar spiked to the up in the four hundreds. And we had a, the doc wanted to start them on an insulin drip. And it was this whole thing because I forgot to make sure that their sugar was checked every six hours. I can tell you, I never forgot to check a sugar on a patient ever again after that. Mm -hmm. So learn from your mistakes, try not to beat yourself up too much, know that mistakes are going to happen and try to move past it, right? Just try to move past it and know that everybody is making mistakes too. Yes. And double, triple check everything. Yeah. Yeah. Names, dates, med dosages, what time these meds are supposed to be given, that it's the correct med that is supposed to be given. Mm-hmm. It's like the most important part of your job, right? You want to leave yeah. your patients better than when you found them. Like you said, sometimes you're you're not. Like your shift is just going to be shit and yeah. you're going to feel leaving really defeated. But you're going to come back the next day and mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to do what you can to, again, try and leave your patients yeah. in a better spot. Yeah. And it's going to sound cliche, but it w- I promise you it will make you a better nurse. Yes. I look back at every mistake I made and how it humbled me mm-hmm. and how I learned so much and how it just pushed me, not just as a nurse, but like as a person to just yeah. like, you, just to be better. Yeah. And, and you will, you will be a better nurse from those mistakes. You might feel like shit. And tell people when you've made a mistake, tell your preceptor, tell your charge oh God, nurse, yes. be like, mm-hmm. this is what happened. You might be like peeing your pants doing it, but we have all been there. Be like, yeah. what do I do? Yeah, I completely agree with you. You're that not going to so lose important. your job. Mm-mm. No, mistakes, I promise yeah, you. unfortunately, mistakes do happen. So be honest about them because chances are it can be fixed Mm -hmm. and it's just more important that you bring it up right away. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Now that we're all depressed and scared, (laughs) let's, let's end with one thing you wish you could tell your new grad self looking back now, all these years later, Mm. give, give little D a pep talk. What would you say? If I could give my younger self a pep talk, it would be to have a little more faith in yourself because you know more than you think you do. Your kindness is going to go a long way in making your patients feel safe in fostering relationships with your healthcare team and just know that you are constantly going to be learning. I think that's one thing I never realized was that like you truly learn something new every single day at work. And it is the coolest thing. Like that's the one thing I always loved. And I still love now, even in aesthetics, because I am constantly learning. And if you love that, you're going to, you're going to love whatever field that you're in because you're going to, you're the healthcare field is constantly evolving. So you're always going to learn something new. You're going to get to experience something new. You're going to get to adapt your your way of caring for patients 
so that your patients start having the best outcomes. Like mm-hmm. it's literally going to do nothing but foster a better career for you and yeah, therapy. Beautiful. Go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just start now. Just start now. It's a, now. Good, it's a good idea. That's a, I, I wish I would have started therapy a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. We're giving our new grad selves a hug. We are we are giving our new grads a hug. We are here for you. We have been there. We have felt we have, struggle. We have been there. And your new grad life, your new grad like memories will always be with you. And hopefully, you know, when you become a preceptor, if that's a route that you want to take, it will just make you a better preceptor to the next generation of new grads and the next wave that's coming in so hang in there guys you got this you got this (laughs) all right my dear sweet new grads we hope you love this episode and if you feel like you need more episodes more advice for new grads Send us your questions because Jack and I are here for you. We want to help you. We want to support you. I want you all to have a good experience. Jack and I both do. Also, before we close out, I just want to, you know, re- reiterate, if you can go and check out my Instagram post for my friend and coworker, Erica Leffler, and donate to her GoFundMe. We will put the link to her GoFundMe in our show notes um, and anything that you can uh, give to to support her in her um, fight with cancer would be so. I'd be. I'm, I'm trying not to cry thinking about it. I would be so so grateful um, because she's truly the most incredible human. As always, please follow along with the show. Um, follow us on Spotify, on um, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play. You know wherever you can find the WOMED, wherever. Um, you can find us on TikTok. Jack still is crushing it. Um, I need to get. <laughs> I'm excited. We're going. We're going to Tulum and we're going to make some really good TikToks. But we are uh, at the Womed on Instagram and TikTok. So you know what to do. Yes. Follow along with us, please, and like, rate, reviews, all those good things. It really helps the podcast get pushed into more ear holes. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much for all of your continued support. Yes. Every share, download, rate, review allows us to keep doing what we're doing. So thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week and we will catch you next Monday. Womed out.